Hey, everybody, I'm your host, Felipe Malicio, and you're listening to the Total Basis Podcast on a Sunday afternoon. This time around, not morning, as uh, we have a special time because we have a special guest. We wanted to give our guest enough time to be up and at it and ready and awake. Although every weekend, our guy Austin, who's uh, from, uh, we've just found out, is from a, 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 a remote location in California. Uh, he is always tuning in every weekend, <laughs> up and at it. Uh, so mm-hmm. I do appreciate it. But hopefully this uh, late start is more accommodating to you. Austin, say hello to everybody over there. What's going on, guys? Hello from California. Yeah, it is pretty remote. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. And for those who don't know what Austin looks like, he, we just realized that he looks like Cole Calhoun. So yeah, if you need a picture in your head for the show, just pull up the nearest picture of Cole Calhoun that you probably have laying on your desk somewhere. I know that's what normal people do. And just be like, when you hear Austin's voice, just think Cole Calhoun. I, you know, I, got, I got an Angels jersey on, so I could be, <laughs> I could be Cole Calhoun today. Yeah, man, uh, you're out there um, uh, so in support of Mike Trout not winning World Series is over there. Anyway, that's the Mike Trout joke. But yeah, actually, we <laughs> we will talk about the Angels. We will that, talk about Mike argument, Trout. That argument is so fallacious. <laughs> <laughs> and I already got him triggered. That's fantastic. We're out to a great start. But anyway, Austin, all jokes aside, thank you for coming on. Uh, like I said, you're one of uh, the more active members of over on our Baseball Life Facebook group, uh, which uh, I just deemed it to be the best uh baseball group on facebook uh ever so you are a part of that so i do appreciate you tuning in and joining us to talk about the angels and of course it's the oakland athletics the boston red sox the baltimore orioles the la dodgers and the st louis cardinals so uh, uh before we move on sean how are you doing this afternoon how was your thing on uh, oh, uh over at the it was it, Twitter? Awesome. yeah yeah uh it was uh i think streamed to multiple places but it was awesome uh check it out on my twitter you know at sean flannery 13 i shared a bunch of links about it uh we talked about three pitchers that we were fading this year and, uh, of course, the first one I had up was Walker Bueller and the two guys before me, uh, the first pitcher they mentioned was also Walker Bueller. So I was scrambling at the last second to try and find something that they didn't bring up about Walker Bueller. Um, second one was Jose Barrios. I got grilled about that because they're like, oh, he's probably the most he's going to throw 180 innings. He's going to be great. And I'm like, he's never been great. I said, I'd much rather have uh, please Zach Hendricks. Zach Wheeler, and uh, there was one other person that was right around where he was going in ADP. And then third one was an Angels player who is on one of our lineups today, Rizel Iglesias. Oh, And that was – and it had nothing to do with the numbers because numbers-wise, Iglesias looks great. It's just this gut feeling I have that there hasn't been a good reliever in L.A., for the Angels at least. Like I looked back at their last decade of relievers – and the best RP season they've had in the last decade was Hansel Robles' 2019 in terms of uh, fan graphs for. Um, they've only had three p- pitchers have a 25-plus save season, and I'll share those names later just because it was a hilarious how far I had to go back in the last decade of those three. But, uh, yeah, it was fun. Lots of fun. I think they had raised a little over five grand when uh, when we left. So Nice. All going to Mental Health America. There's still time to donate. Uh like I said, check out my post in Baseball Life or on Twitter. Uh, both the payment informations are there. And a uh, lot of fun. A lot of fun. And I'm wearing the TFGBI shirt. Uh, uh, tell the folks you. what that stands for, Sean, for those the who The Great know. Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Uh, it's hosted by Justin Mason, who is also hosting this uh, pot of Palooza. So uh, this was in preparation. The draft is tomorrow. 
Um, I'm at pick 112. So uh, that oh, should be that should be fun. Oh. I, I either wanted one through four because you can set your preference. I wanted one through four um, or 15, 14, 13, 12. And I ended up getting 12. So nice. Ho- hopefully Jose Ramirez is there, right? Uh, you always get Jose Ramirez. Yeah, right? I, 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 <laughs> Jose Ramirez magnet over there. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Rysel Iglesias. We are doing our uh, last of the build a lineup series. And we always, if you guys haven't noticed, we've been bringing in a, a fan of some of these teams to join us. And uh, especially people who play fantasy baseball, Austin admitted to us last year, or at least to me that he's never played fantasy baseball before. And he was uh, nice enough to uh do the newbie league with us, which uh, he almost won, but he ran into a juggernaut in Felipe Melicio. So yeah, it's no almost chance. not even fair. It's not, it's not even fair. So, but uh, no, no Rice Iglesias on our team. So none of us, not even the angels. What? Trust them. I, I don't see him anywhere. We I see... thought he went off the board. No, okay. no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Hold oh, on. He, he's got to go. He's got to go through and change one of his picks again. Felipe. Hold on. Oh, <laughs> boy. No, go ahead. Uh, awesome. What are you going to say? Uh, I think we lost them. Oh, you cut out Austin. Nope. You there? Well, let's okay. uh, keep going. continue on. <laughs> we do have Jose Iglesias. Yeah, though. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, we can hear you now. What were you going to say over there? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, you're kind of breaking in and out, though. That's the problem. Uh, oh, I. No, I'm sorry, Austin. You're breaking up uh, uh, too much here. Uh, give us, uh, give yourself a little time there to get your internet connection up and running again. Uh, in the meantime, Sean, if you want, we could just uh, move on and get going. You do have the first pick this time around, uh, yes. fo- followed by me, and then followed by Austin. And we. Right here, I am going to invite him back. Just continue, Felipe. Yeah, and you have Cody Bellinger, who does qualify at first base, especially we're going to use uh, CBS Sports rules about having to play 10 yeah, he, games. Yeah, he, I think he played 19 at first base, which was kind of shocking to me. Oh, um, yeah, wow. I mean, you know the Dodgers, they're going to just flip everybody over here and there and everywhere. They're going to they're gonna find room for you to play multiple positions. So Bellinger does qualify at first base. Whether you, uh, well, if you're, if you're using the old rules of 20 games or more, then you are out of luck. But if you're doing the CBS model, then you're in luck because he did play more than 10 games at first base. So he qualifies at first base. Uh, a slam dunk right there. That's no-brainer, right, Sean? Yeah, that, that's why I picked him. I was, I was like, okay, I had to go double-check and make sure he actually did have first base eligibility. And yeah. then obviously when you see that he does, I mean, he had the down season, but uh, much like Carlos Correa, they were just kind of, they never got going in the regular season, but then when the playoffs came through, you know, they were, you know, revved up, ready to go. And uh, Sean, I got to ask you, are you concerned at all about his uh, separated shoulder or if no. he's, no, I, okay. I, no, I, th- I think he's, he's going to be good to go. And if there is any sort of lingering issue that he has to work back from, they have the depth to where, you know, they can take him out of the outfield, put him at first base, you know, rest the arm. That way he doesn't have to throw so much. And uh, they can move him around. They can sit him for a couple of games, which isn't good for fantasy, but, you know, <laughs> it can uh, happen. All right, Austin, say a couple of words, say a couple of syllables there. You guys got me now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Much better, much better. Yeah. Okay. So we were talking about Rice Iglesias, and then you were you you uh, came up to say something, and then you broke up. What were you going to say over there? Well, there were a couple things I wanted to say. First of all, let me talk about this newbie league. Right. <laughs> so this newbie league, I had a pretty I had a pretty good lineup. I mean, okay, so I had did a really I. Like, so did I. I. I beat I beat Felipe in the first first week, uh, and then made, and then we made the playoffs, and I we tied, and I lost a home field advantage. But when you <laughs> did you at, really? 
Yeah. <laughs> Felipe, this sounds like collusion. Advantage, but when you look at the next week, I scored more points than anybody else. So, <laughs> you know, I got third, but, you know, home field advantage killed me. <laughs> <laughs> oh the, those uh, those do suck that 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 does well, suck i didn't realize that's how it broke for you you, you know how yeah. it goes man you you don't let the championship bouts go to the judges you don't let uh <laughs> if, if you want to win you gotta be convincing in your victories so ties don't yeah. get you over the top brother so yeah that's why yeah hey, yeah, yeah hey listen i don't get home field advantage if i don't uh, win all those games in the regular season right so everyone <laughs> counts okay <laughs> Yeah, better luck next year. Um, and then, as as he says, as the fantasy quote unquote expert to a newbie in the newbie league, he's like just prancing all over him. Like, come on, Felipe! <laughs> hey, hey, you got to play by the rules, man. Those are the rules. Everybody knew what the rules were. We all agreed to them. You know, <laughs> one uh, bite, everybody knows the rules. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then uh, go ahead. And then just to comment. Just to comment on Rysel Iglesias, um, as an Angel fan, I'm actually kind of excited about Rysel Iglesias. But, I mean, Sean, you were right. Um, the, our bullpen is awful. Angel's bullpen is <laughs> It just terrible. has been for, like, the last 10 years. And it's yeah, like – Yeah, and, you know, like, we'll take Hansel Robles as an as a example here. The relievers are really good at having one good or maybe one decent year, and then they implode, and you never hear from them ever again. Even the starters. Relief pitching in a nutshell. (laughs) Yeah. And then even the Angel starters, like Garrett Richards and Matt Shoemaker, and, you know, like, where did they go? All of a sudden, they're in the back end of rotations. In the hey, league, hey, the Gar- hey, Garrett Richard, uh, Richards. <laughs> he is pretty wretched. Garrett Richards is in my lineup. Thank you very much. I have been on that hype train all offseason. I was actually very surprised that you that you picked him. He's got oh. a really good curveball spin, but he hasn't been able to put it back together since uh, his I, 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 I with the Angels. I absolutely and love him. I loved him even when he was in San Diego last year. Um, and there's a reason where I, I even like him more this year, even though he's in the American League East, which is just bad for pitchers. But uh, we'll talk about it when we get there. So it's interesting because Matt Shoemaker and Garrett Richards are always they, they were guys in the uh, mid 2010s. Uh, look, I'm talking about the 2010s, like they were like decades ago. But yeah, in the mid 2010s, <laughs> uh, there were guys that I, those were the two guys from the Angels that I always try to get at the back end of drafts, and they always bit me in the ass because they could never stay healthy. So. And now they're just no and the back end of rotations, like Austin was saying. So, but it's always intriguing to look at a Matt Shoemaker and a Garrett Richards because you know you always wonder, is this the year? But like Sean says, we'll talk about that uh, when we get down to the pitchers over here. Right now, we're over here. Matt Olson, who is another one of those guys that I really, really like. He just the, the sound of the bat when he makes contact with the ball it just sounds different. Uh, it's it's raw power. The only thing I don't like is that he plays in Oakland, and I think uh, that might be part of the frustration that many people have with him is that I think. Uh, well, 2020 was just a, a weird year for everybody. But I think in this regard, playing in Oakland um, does him no favors. I mean, he has the power to kind of supply and, and give those give a production, a productive season. But everybody gets hurt by the cavernous uh, ballpark that is the Oakland Coliseum. But other than that, when he's on his A game, uh, exit velocity is there. The hard hit rate is there. And you can't ask for better than Matt Olson, I, I don't think. I, I do want to mention just because it ties in both to my appearance on the Potapalooza. One of the guys on the panel, his name's Carlos Marcano. Uh, check him out on Twitter. He does a little bit of work for Pitchers List, does a little bit of everything. Uh, but he put out an article a couple months ago that a- introduced this new kind of st- analytics statistic that he was just calling Q. And it was uh, combining both what a uh, dynamic hard hit rate, which I can't really remember the exact definition, but it's a variance of, you know, hard hit percentage. He combined that 
with um, standard uh, deviation of launch angle. You know, how tight the launch angle is has been tied to higher BABIPs, higher expected batting averages, and just higher batting averages overall. And he combined those two for this one statistic, and one of the best guys at it was Matt Olson, which is kind of shocking. But uh, I just wanted to give him a quick little shout out because that was a really awesome piece that he did. And I got to talk to him today on the panel. So nice. Nice. Uh, and then from there, we move to Max Muncie as Austin goes with a Dodger here, uh, kind of su- surprising me and everybody else. Uh, obviously, there's a lot to like about Max Muncie, right, Austin? There is a lot to like about uh, Max Muncie. Um, I think why I picked him really, I was going to go with, I wanted to go with Bellinger, but I had a feeling. Sean was going to pick Bellinger first. Um, but what I like about him is one, he gets on base. Um, even if he's got a low, if, like last year, he had a low uh, batting average. I believe it was in the one nineties, but he still had a pretty high uh, batting average. He gets on base really well and his um, all the different positions he plays. So he's yep. you know eligible for first base, second base, and I believe third base as well. Um, so in a fantasy lineup, you can plug him in, you can plug him in all over the infield. And um, even if he's not playing there and you can still um, get some pretty good points out of it and, you know, getting on base, you know, getting on base, you can get runs, you can, you know, all kinds of different points. If you're striking out all the time, you're not, you're not scoring any points. So um, I liked Mac, Max Muncy as first at first base. I do too. And then you went ahead and, and came back with David Fletcher, uh, the, the slappiest, most slap happy hitter of all time. But you uh, obviously a homer pick here. But other than that being a homer pick, what else do you like about David Fletcher? At um, base? You know, Dave, David Fletcher, it's kind of the same thing as um, Max Muncy, um, as Max Muncy. He he gets on base. He is not a power hitter by any means. He I mean, when you look at his baseball savant page, he does not have very high exit velocity. Um, he doesn't have, you know, he's a very slap happy hitter, but he will get on base. And he's, I think he's a very, very underrated second baseman. Um, he is a good, good second baseman offensively and defensively. I mean, you can look back at the 2020 highlights and watch that unbelievable throw that he made from deep and shortstop off his back leg, turned around, not even looking. And he made the, he made the out, which I believe he threw out Mookie Betts, if I remember correctly. Oh, wow. Um, which you know, I think he's a very underrated um, second baseman. And um, he got, I had him last year on a couple of my teams and he made, he made some, uh, he made pretty good contributions. So I like David Fletcher at second base. And when I was comparing him to the rest of the second basements, I didn't really like any of the other second basements compared to David Fletcher. So yeah, yeah. second base was kind of weak here. Uh, really the, weak. Yeah. I, I liked my pick, but uh, to kind of round out what he was saying about David Fletcher, David Fletcher is a guy that in most leagues, he's going to maybe fill in an MI. Uh, I think he's expected to play shortstop this year. Correct me if I'm wrong, Austin. But I feel like if anything, they're going to move him to shortstop and put the older Iglesias at second base. Either way, they're both premium defenders. Yeah, um, right now, Ross, right now, roster resource has him at uh, second. But I mean, he can play short, and I think he could do a really good short. I would agree with you. I think he, I think we switch. Yeah, just, just because he's a little bit younger, and you know, Iglesias as the glove is going down, even though he yeah. was once a perennial Gold Glove guy. But yeah, uh, like you said, he is. Uh, Felipe said the slappiest of slappiest. And you mentioned, you know, him having very low exit velocities, but he also goes into that category of guys where he was in the fourth percentile in exit velocity and first percentile in hard hit rate. 
but 90th percentile expected batting average, 98th K percentage, and 100th and with with percentage. So when he's swinging the bat, he's making contact, and he he's never seen a pitch that he doesn't like. Uh, he had that one against Oakland uh, last year in 2019, where he literally jumped to try and hit it, and he's like five foot five, so it looked really funny. But um, yeah, yeah but it'll be interesting for sure. Ass, he's Nick so. Madrigal without the stolen bases, in my opinion. I, I think in, in terms of fantasy, he's going to ha- give you a really high batting average. Uh, the on base could go either way. He's not going to hit for a lot of power, and he's just going to be kind of empty average with a lot of runs, depending on where he bats in the lineup. But uh, he's, like I said, Nick Madrigal without the stolen bases. It's too much time talking about David Fletcher. It's hey, I love David Fletcher. <laughs> I know you do. It's like every week. It's a David Fletcher, Nick Madrigal. It's like these tiny, diminutive second basemen that we always talk about. It's really, ugh. <laughs> Play, na- uh, name me players. I, I'm no, no. Uh, well, maybe Madrigal, but name me players that I'm not interested in drafting is what it really boils down to. As You don't I see want a 320 pl- hitter on your team? No. I mean, is that all he's, <laughs> wait, hold on. Is that all he's doing? Because I see that he's projected to hit a 368 slugging percentage. Like, I don't think so. Uh, because I counter with, I mean, I was happy when when he took David Fletcher, which means I get my guy, Gavin Lux, which is a, a guy I've been really keeping an eye on. I really, the only problem is he plays with the Dodgers, where they'll play everybody and they'll play them all over the place. And the playing time's not going to be there. But if the playing time is there, this is a guy who's projected to get a, a 436 slugging percentage, which at second base is pretty damn good. He's supposed to get some power. He's uh, limiting. He's very good at limiting strikeouts. So, you know, you're, you're, you're getting that as well. The only thing I don't like is the playing time issues with the Dodgers, but the upside is just off the charts. He's uh, still listed as a 70 future value, according to fan graphs with the big time power, decent hit tool at this point of his life, of his career. Uh, He's uh, 23 years old only. So like I said, if he could just find a way to topple Chris Taylor at second base, who, oh yeah, I see that uh, Austin did pick him here, but if he could just find a way to just knock him out of this, of his starting perch, uh, I think Gavin Lux is going to be a very uh, satisfying pick for a lot of people here. Uh, and then you went with Tommy Edmond, who uh, can supply not just stolen bases, but a little bit of power as well. Is that is that how you see it there, Sean? Yeah, and I think he's going to be a very valuable player just because one of how rare stolen bases are. And he went uh, 15 for 16 in 2019. And then in 2020, uh, he actually he only went two for six. But uh, I was watching or reading an article on Fangraphs from, I believe, Paul Spore, and he actually went down and he broke down all four of his caught stealings. Mm. And two of them were against Christian Vasquez and um, Roberto Perez, two of the best, you know, catchers against stolen bases. One was on a pickoff and the other was on just like this crazy tag play made. And I think he's going to be a guy who is elite at stealing bases and still 95th percentile or greater in sprint speed. Um, has supplied more power than you would think, but the real value comes, he literally will play everywhere. And I think he's eligible at shortstop this year in a lot of leagues uh, be, after he took over for Paul DeYoung. So um, I like the versatility. I like the steals. I like the power. I like the batting average floor. Um, I think he's going to be a really good fantasy asset. And then you went with Corey Seager, which is another slam dunk Dodgers pick after your Cody Bellinger pick. Corey Seager, uh, is there? Let, let me. I mean, we all know what Corey Seager can do. Is there any weaknesses that you are worried about coming into a 2021 season? Not at all. I, I think he was. Come on, everybody, everybody has a weakness. Come on. No, I think he was the most underrated hitter in baseball all of 2020. I know it was a shortened season, but I mean, you look at his savant sliders. He's 95th percentile or greater. 
in exit velo, hard hit percentage, expected WOBA, expected batting average, expected slugging, and most importantly, barrel percentage. All of this done with a strikeout percentage of only 16%. Mm, that's pretty damn good. And I mean, he, he did walk a little less. So this lends me to believe that he was being more aggressive. Um, he's posted the highest exit below numbers of his career. Uh, that leads me to believe that maybe he's getting more and more healthy as he recovers from both the hip and the Tommy John. Uh, he's only 26. Both him and Correa are going to be free agents. I, I think Seager is going to have a breakout year. I don't think the Dodgers are going to keep him because of the guy you picked, Gavin Lux. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at a 26-year-old Kyra Seager posting career highs and important stats, and he's in a contract year. So that's like a win-win-win. Well, since Sean did not have the guts to say it, I'm just going to say it. Stolen bases, man. Lack of stolen bases. That's his weakness. You could have just said that, oh. Sean. Oh, okay. I, 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 I didn't think about stolen bases. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, no. You're that's why I have Tommy Edmund. That's why I have Tommy Edmund. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, <laughs> interesting story, though. I uh, Sometime in around 2015 or around 2017, around there, I had a tough choice to make between Corey Seager and Xander Bogarts, and I went with Corey Seager. And then Corey Seager gets Tommy John surgery. So, uh, but in this exercise, uh, I couldn't be happier getting the consolation prize and Xander Borgards. He's as steady as it comes at shortstop. He's finally getting, uh, putting things together. He, another superb year last year, not Corey Seager like, uh, superb, but superb nonetheless. And uh, he's going to be a very bright spot for a struggling Red Sox team. Um, the only concern I have for him is that his hard hit rates aren't as high um, as I want him to be, but you know, Green Monster, do you really need to have a really hard, a high hard hit rate? <laughs> Sponsored off the wall, get the cheap doubles. That's two points in fantasy points leagues right there. And uh, he limits strikeouts, maybe not at 16%, but 18% last year. Uh, 17.9, uh, according to the Bat X uh, projections. Uh, 18.2 career. That's pretty damn solid. Nearly a 10% walk rate. Lot to like here. So I'm happy with that pick. And then, unfortunately, uh, Austin gets Paul DeYoung, who, no offense to Paul DeYoung, I just never know what to expect from him. Because I've had him a, a, a couple of years ago, and he was just killing it, looked like a top 10 shortstop, and then a big second-half dip. Uh, and I've been off of him ever since. But uh, what do you like about Paul DeYoung there, Austin? Oh, I mean, when when it came to this exercise, you know, the, the, the two that come to mind with these teams is Corey Seager and Xander Bogarts. Those are the two. But after that, you have the Angels. They have uh, uh, um, Jose Iglesias, uh, the Orioles. They have uh, Freddie Galvis. Uh, yeah. And the Cards had DeYoung. And then the A's had Elvis Andrews. So there really wasn't much to, to, to really pick from here. Um, I was definitely was not going to go for Elvis Andrews. Um, I was not a fan. I thought about Freddie Galvis, but then I started looking more at his uh, baseball savant page. And I felt like Paul DeYoung was a little bit of a better um, offensive shortstop than um, uh, Freddie Galvis was. Um, Freddie yeah. Galvis you know, was is more below average and Paul DeYoung is more um, league average. Yeah, um, he, he's some pop when he's on the act, when he's on the field, but I think his biggest problem is he's just, He's, he's got some injury problems and uh, he's not consistent. So you're right. He's a mixed bag. You never know what you're going to get out of Paul DeYoung. You might, you might get a top 10 shortstop in Paul DeYoung, or you have some, uh, just a warm body who's still in shortstop. <laughs> hey, uh, here's something good news for you. He is projected to get 644 plate appearances and sometimes half the battle is just showing up in fantasy baseball. Right. So as Felipe right. loves to remind us. Yeah. I mean, that's half the battle right there. 
a plate appearances sometimes equal to fantasy points. Yeah. Think about that. Anyway, Anthony Rendon, that's a slam dunk for you. Finally, a surefire, uh, you know, I, that's as good as it gets at third base for you. Um, say something. It's an, another homer pick that is actually not, you know, not that big of a homer pick because he is the best third baseman on this list. Can we you, uh, can we talk about uh, the um... – <laughs> I knew you guys were going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Tommy, uh, I, I told no, you. I, I forgot all about it. Uh, well, yeah, okay, right so Felipe forgot. Uh, that can Sean. be his team name next week is Forgetful Felipe. Um, there are no teams next week. That's, we're done. Uh, no, 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 for next year then. But, um, yeah, so I believe that Austin had picked uh, Matt Chapman. I, I, I'm I just, saw that too. Su- supposition here. I'm, I don't know anything. And then Felipe picked Nolan Arenado. And I said to them in our little chat that we had going this week, I said, thank you so much for leaving me the best third baseman in baseball. And then Austin says, oh, yeah, I had to take Anthony Rendon. And I'm like, wait, 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 what? I said, I just saw this. He did not have Anthony Rendon. And then I went and double looked and Matt Chapman had magically turned into Anthony Rendon because I was shocked that the Angels fan didn't pick Anthony Rendon. Maybe it was just a slip of the mind. Who knows? Well, I mean, but, he says uh, he, th- he never let go of the checker, so uh, he well, checker rules. So. Yeah. <laughs> I-, I told him that he would be allowed to have Anthony Rendon as long as I dunked on him on the episode. Uh, <laughs> I ended up getting Matt Chapman. I love Matt Chapman anyway. But, uh, yeah, it's, we had some magical stuff going on in the lineup this week. Um, you got to watch your, gotta watch yeah, your you, lineups. You're not playing either there, Sean. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say, I mean, unlike the other positions, third base is uh, pretty stacked. I think this is the most stacked list of third basemen we could choose from. Yeah, and then we missed out on Rafael Devers, as you guys could see, but then I was able to get him as my corner infield. That's how deep third base was uh, this week. So, Uh, But uh, Anthony Rendon, uh, I guess I'll ask you the same question I try to ask Sean. Do you find any weaknesses or concerns for Anthony Rendon at all? At all? Um, well, Anthony, I mean, he's got a great glove. He's got a great bat. He's top 10 player um, in the MLB, according to MLB Network. Um, some some people would probably argue that he's not because he was number eight. But, I mean, I think he is. I think he's a top 10. Um, but I think the thing is going to be injuries. He, he was injured last year. Um, so as long as he can stay on the field, I really don't see – I mean, if we're going to, he doesn't run very fast. So if we're going to stay, if we're going to stay with the, with the theme, lack of stolen bases. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, stolen bases used to be part of his game. Like he would chip in like seven to 10 a year, but now I think that's just gone. Yeah. Well, and he's on the angels who don't steal. Yeah. So well, um, Mike Sosha no longer manages. That's why. Duh. Hey, show well, hey, Otani better steal some bases. <laughs> even with, uh, even with Mike Sosha, Mike Trout st- um, uh, stolen base numbers went down as his career progressed. Oh, um so that's what happens when you, know, you turn into the best hitter in major leagues <laughs> yeah who, who needs to run when you're hitting 40 bombs and 310 a year yeah so but i think i think rendon's biggest biggest thing is going to be just to stay on the field as long as he stays on the field yeah. rendon does have a he started out his uh, career as being injury even in the minor leagues so that's a very good point although he only he played 52 games out of 60 and he's been playing over 100 about 140ish games the last 4 or 5 years so maybe that stigma is disappearing but you're right it is back of mind he is entering his age 31 season uh, as well so that's something to keep in mind of but as long as he's healthy man this guy I've, I've always been a big fan of Anthony Rendon and 
it's good that he got that big money that he deserved, and uh, he is uh, a premier hitter for sure. Yeah, he he posted an identical weighted runs created plus between 2019 walk year in Washington, where you know he was an MVP candidate, and in 2020. So even though it was an abbreviated sample size, it's interesting to see. Usually, that first year is such a a drawback of of, of the contract. And uh, for Rendon, it really wasn't. Also, he, in since 2018, he has the fifth highest war in all of baseball. Um, so the Angels occupy two of those spots, Mike Trout one and Anthony Rendon five. So things might be looking up for the Angels. So I, I got to ask you, Austin, uh, as an, you're, you're an Angels fan, and that's the, always the hot topic in baseball life, and I'm pretty sure in all the baseball universe here, when is Mike Trout going to get that playoff glory, I guess? Not even World Series, it's the playoff glory, right? And, and he's made uh, the playoffs before, but what do you think is missing from this team to get them over the top? Because like Sean mentioned, you have two premier uh, everyday hitters on that lineup already. Pitching. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, pitching for sure. <laughs> Definitely pitching. Um, I really think Artie Moreno and the Angels organization has missed out on getting some top premier pitchers. Um, I am very, I'm happy that they got Anthony Rendon, um, Anthony Rendon and Mike Trout. I know last year um, with Anthony Rendon com- uh, coming into the Angels, they had the, um, if you look at two players with their combined war, Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon were at the top. And then I believe it was Matt Chapman and uh, Matt Olson or yeah, it was Olsen and Chapman were second, but um, they were the highest combined war. They got a great offense, uh, the top 10 offense. They can score a lot of runs, but they have no pitching. They have Mm -hmm. a bunch of three, four, five starters. And, you know, as we've talked about, their relievers are not great. Um, You know, we have Rysel Iglesias, but we got to have somebody in between to get to Iglesias. And I just, you know, with what they've got, I don't, I don't see it. So pitching, um, especially, and the front end. And I think they really missed out, you know, with the Zach Wheeler and the Madison Bumgarner and the, all of that. Um, mm-hmm. I will comment that I'm probably in the minority of angel fans. that was actually happy that the angels didn't get Garrett Cole um, because they, uh, he, I knew from the beginning, he was going to cost way too much money. And Garrett Cole was one of those is one of those people. They're one ace away from winning the world series. And they're just, they're not. They're not one ace away from winning. I'll tell the you what, man, that solves a lot of problems when you have that one ace at the top, at least for the first couple of years. Until they get yeah. hurt. <laughs> well, that's yeah. it. That's every so, pitcher. That's the thing is the Angels pitching staff, they have a, they have a reputation of being hurt all the time. You know, it's yeah, just a revolving door of, of, of pitchers. So, you know, I, the, the key to their success is probably going to be um, pitching. Um and once they get the massive contract of Albert Pujols and then they get um, Justin Upton yeah, off. The- I, I, was, I was going to mention that. I was like, it's only like if they didn't have 50 million tied up in players that can barely play anymore. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's, their ha- that's their habit too. I mean, they picked up Dexter Fowler this year. Dexter Fowler was hitting 220. So, I mean, I know he's, he's just a warm body to get to have Joe Adele, you get know, ready, yeah. maybe heat up a little bit in AAA and then bring him up. But, I mean – I, I don't know. I, the, I think the key to their success is going to be um, they got to pick up some pitching. They really do. Oh, man. And, and they you mentioned Garrett Cole, and then they also missed that on Trevor Bauer, two guys from the area, Southern California. Uh, I think yeah. they both went to UCLA, and yeah. they couldn't get the uh, the home. I guess they live too far away from UCLA, maybe. The Orange <laughs> County. But, I uh, mean, uh, what, from, from what I read, from what I read uh, was he was too expensive. So Artie Moreno was yeah. really – was really animate on not going over that luxury tax threshold. 
and right. only 25 million under the the luxury tax threshold and that i mean we've seen it that was too much or that was too little for uh trevor bauer so uh, well yeah it seemed they were out on him from like essentially the get-go which i thought was weird but that matches up with what the the luxury tax moreno wanted to do so all right well we let's move on to my pick nolan Arenado. i mean Kind of risky because we don't know what's going to happen outside of Coors Field. I, I know that people like to make fun of the fact that, you know, he took advantage of being in Coors Field. The WRC Plus was down at 76, but that could be for a, a thousand reasons why it was down last year. Ultimately, uh, hitters like to hit in their home ballparks. So I, if Nolan Arenado is as good as people have been saying he is, even with the Coors Field effects, he'll get used to it. I mean, maybe it'll take him a couple of years, like Paul Goldschmidt took him a, a, a while but it's a good situation to be a part of i mean uh, you just mentioned tommy Edmond. he'll be setting the table for the goldschmidt's and the aronados of the world so uh and uh, he's still a premier defensive third baseman so it was really hard to pass up on him plus i thought that matt chapman was gone too so uh sean you got matt chapman <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad i'm, I'm uh, glad i'm not alone <laughs> so uh, I, I complained about Matt Olson having to play in Oakland. Uh, any concerns at all with Matt Chapman having to play in Oakland over there? Not necessarily. He is the one guy when the Mets were looking at, you know, possible upgrades, even before the Francisco Lindor trade. Um, the, I, I didn't want to move any of the big, you know, Matthew or Matt Allen, uh, Francisco Alvarez pieces for Francisco Lindor. And obviously they were able to get him without doing that. Uh, the one guy that I would have moved heaven and earth for was Matt Chapman. And that's because one, he's hitting for insane amounts of power since 2018. He has 70 home runs. So even that gargantuan of a park isn't holding his power. And if you look at his baseball savant, you, you'll see why he hits the ball insanely hard. I mean, posting extremely high exit velocities um, over the last three years, uh, he's eighth in average exit velocity, which, you know, obviously average isn't the biggest thing, but uh, on fly balls and line drives, he's still up there in like the top 10, top 15. Uh, and then that's on top of the best defensive player, probably in all of baseball. Um, I, like I said, I, you can't go wrong with him. He doesn't steal bases. And after major hip surgery, he's definitely not going to steal any bases. Uh, right. The hip injury does worry me a little bit, but he's still young enough. So we'll see. And that then, dude uh, has Jose. the widest ready stance on in the in third on third base <laughs> I have ever seen in my entire life. That dude covers almost the entire left side of the infield with his stance when he gets ready to pull <laughs> the ball. And then uh, quickly, uh, former defensive wizard Jose Iglesias, another slap happy hitter. Um, what value do you see him bringing to twenty twenty one there, Sean? Well, I believe he's going to probably bat in the lower part of the lineup for the Angels. Um, I think what a lot of people don't realize is how good he was in the short and 2020 season. Um, mm. Obviously it was a small sample size, only 150 plate appearances, but he batted 373 with a 400 on base in a very unglacious, like 556 slugging uh, that came with a, the highest expected batting average in all of baseball an expected batting average of 358. So he was just, I mean, obviously it was in Baltimore too. That helped him. Uh, he doesn't whiff, doesn't strike out still. Um, his expected slugging was actually higher, even though his exit velocity was still low, but up from previous years. Um, I think he could be one of those good sources of batting average that you just throw in at a middle infield slot like I've done here. And then uh, I went with Kike Hernandez. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Austin. Roster Resource has the has uh, Iglesias batting eighth. Yeah, that's uh, he's going to be in the bottom third. 
All right. Enrique Hernandez, he's going to be batting ninth, according to roster resource for the Red Sox. Um, like you mentioned, this is a, so middle infield as a whole for these six teams was just uh, a, a real uh, head scratcher. Made me want to yank my hair out. But Kiki Hernandez was, I thought, if he's going to be starting second base for the Red Sox and have all this multiple eligibility, he was the way to go here. Um, has has proven that he can hit for 15 plus home runs. Um limits does a decent job of limiting strikeouts i mean you guys can tell i'm not very excited for this pick but there was literally nothing because it was either that or chris taylor and I, i'm still pissed at chris taylor for almost ruining one of my fantasy years one time and i have never <laughs> forgiven him for that but uh and, and i'm pissed off that he exists because he's blocking gavin lux so uh austin moving over to you chris taylor what uh, redeemable qualities does he bring to the table um, I think I think he has some redeemable offensive qualities. He does he does get on base. I mean, he's not going to be a power threat. Um, and he's you know, if I remember correctly, he doesn't really hit the ball all that hard, but he does get on base. Um, and you know, I think the benefit might be he he does have multiple position of eligibility. I uh, I believe, but I think um, with the outfield like the Dodgers have, I think he will mainly play second base. And I think maybe a um, maybe having more of a stable position playing maybe second base most of the time it might boost his um, offensive numbers a little bit. And the fact that the Dodgers are a stacked offensive lineup, you know, hitting is contag- hitting is contagious. So, but yeah, the middle infield it was really hard to try and pick one that would that out of this group anyway that would contribute somewhat to. A fantasy lineup i think chris well, taylor could probably be a late round pickup but i mean after but i don't think he'll shock the world with anything well uh it was weak in middle infield but as uh, you are gonna see it was pretty deep in the corner infielders and you still went with jared walsh over some other the other bigger names here uh give me a justifiable reason why you had to go with jared walsh outside of the fact that you're an angels fan go ahead well yeah you guys you guys are gonna you guys are gonna notice that i have a lot of angels i tried not to pick a lot of angels and that didn't work um (laughs) so i will i will um i will be honest i forgot about rafael devers i forgot i thought he was picked up. i forget about him all the time too I, th- I thought he was picked up already. I would have picked him up if, if I had remembered him, but I totally forgot about him. But Jared Walsh, I'm actually really excited about. So Roster Re- Resource actually has Jared Walsh uh, batting second, which I think is a really weird, um, weird placement for him because um, at the back end of last year at the 2020 season, I believe he was in the top five in, exit, in average exit velocity. Mm. Um, he was yeah. smashing the ball hard. He was hitting the ball hard. He was um, he only played about half of the 2020 season, I believe. I only I think he, he got called up like end of August and just went yeah, on an absolute August, tear. And he just mashed the entire time he was up there. I believe he hit nine or ten home runs. He was hitting the ball hard. There was a streak there, I believe. Uh, he had consecutive, uh, pretty good consecutive uh, doubles or extra base hit streak. He was hitting the ball hard, and I think um, if he gets some consistent playing time. Um, he may, he may prove to be a pretty good little first baseman and a pretty good little, uh, replacement once they finally get rid of the Pujols contract. Um, Pujols is too expensive for them not to play. So he's going to play one way or another, whether he's DH or first base. But I think if they give Jared Walsh a lot of playing time or pretty good playing time, I think he could produce pretty good. 
then I I did take advantage of the fact that Rafael Devers was available, so I picked him up. By, by the way, uh, Sean, I guess you can agree with me on this one. Every single guest that we've had here, uh, they've been pretty biased towards their own team in this little ex- exercise here. So uh, I, I, uh, I will defend Austin here. I think Jared Walsh was a great pickup. If you look at his 2018 season in AA, uh, he posted a 158 weighted runs created plus, 290 average, 380 on base, slugging over 535 with a good walk rate, but a high strikeout rate, which was something we didn't see in the abbreviated 2020 season. Um, in 2019, he hit 36 home runs in AAA, obviously in the PCL, so take it with a grain of salt. But 36 home runs in 98 games is nothing to sloth at. He posted a 161 weighted runs created plus. And then in 2020, he posted a 153. So I'm not expecting him to be 153 over a full season, but I think he is an elite hitter. Um, there's going to be a strikeout issue, though. If you just look at his minor league percentages, you see a trend, and those trends usually don't go down by 50% like they did in 2020. So expect some strikeout issues, but I think he's a legitimate power bat. Well, the point was that all the guys that we brought in to be guests, they've, they've, they just couldn't help but be inclined to pick their favorite team, the players on their favorite teams. Uh, Jameis picked a lot of Rays players, although that was a special circumstance, but whatever. Leon picked a lot of bullpen guys from the Washington Nationals. Uh, who else is he? Who's oh Jacob? Uh, he picked a lot of Mets players, including Edwin Diaz, Trevor May, uh, and then last week, oh Ricky just <laughs> was White Sox. <laughs> he, he was White Sox Central. God bless him. All right, well, I didn't get, realize that. When we get to pitchers, the Angels disappear for me. I only have. <laughs> I, th- that's how you know he's an Angels fan. He wants nothing to do with Angels pitchers. <laughs> that's fine. I, I took advantage of that. Uh, Rafael Devers. Remember when I was talking about how I used to have Corey Seager, Xander Bogarts around the 2017 season? Rafael Devers was also in the mix, so I ha- I had a chance to get Bogarts, Seager, and Devers, and I just that's the dynamic that is. Uh, a keeper league in fantasy baseball because young players will frustrate you. But uh, Devers has a couple of seasons, uh, a few seasons under his belt, 24 years old. Uh, these uh, threats who always hit 30 home runs, uh, career high exit velocity last year, career. Uh, I don't know if it's a career high, but for over 40% once again, and hard hit rate according to StatCast. Lots to like here about Rafael Devers. And uh, really quick, I just realized that we're halfway through. We still got a lot of hitters to go through and a lot of the pitchers. So, Sean, quickly just tell me something uh, nice about Paul Goldschmidt, I guess. Uh, he's still really good, and he uh, didn't hit the ball harder, but he had a higher line drive percentage. So, increase in batting average. Pitchers started respecting him more. The walk rate went up. I really like him. He's still age 33, which is kind of – that's when you start to see a fall off. But in front of Arenado, I think he's going to do really well. That's what I was going to say. Arenado would be really good for him. And then Will Smith, uh, obviously, you've been talking about him all season long, all off season long. And again, uh, we talked about it last. Uh, oh, great. Dave, last Dave week. Roberts did say uh, it's not really a Austin Barnes isn't the backup. He's the one B to Will Smith's one A, which does make me worry. <laughs> no, I, I keep telling you, but you nobody wants to listen to me. But you go ahead and take the part timer. No, but uh, aside from that, he was the only. What we talked about this last week. He was the only top ten catcher who was under thirty years old. So uh, that's that's not a bad pick. I mean, it was a it was a the obvious pick there, I should say. But still, like you said, it, it's a concern that. You know, he has to share time. And not just that, but we also got the third catcher coming up for the Dodgers. He could play third base if Justin Turner gets hurt because Justin Turner always gets hurt. Will Smith could find himself playing third base and yeah, Austin Barnes behind the plate. Now we're talking. Now and you now go. you get a catcher that's eligible and playing every day in another position. That's like the best thing in the world. It's kind of for life. I made a living in fantasy the last two years by being catcher eligible, but never playing catcher. 
The Ryan Domit route. I love it. Uh, Adley, I, I had a chance to get Sean Murphy and I decided against it because, you know, if I'm going to pick an Orioles player, because remember, every team has to be accounted for in all our lineups. I might as well get the number one catcher. And I go, I know I broke my own rules, but sometimes some of these guys are too uh, hard to pass up on. He may not make it to the show this year, but, it, uh, you know, a lot of us play in keeper leagues, so this is the guy to get. I think raw powers there, 65 future values. So you might as well roll the right, the rice might as well roll the <laughs> dice. You guys can tell I'm a little hungry here. Roll the dice on a young catcher oh, like Adley Rushman uh, for the former number one pick overall. And then Sean Murphy, it's a, that's a decent pick right there. I like Sean Murphy. Um, I guess Austin, it's your guy, Sean Murphy. What do you like about him the most? If it's- yeah, he was, he, he, he's a decent, he's a decent pickup out of this group after Will Smith, the, the, the catcher, the catching kind of fell off. Um, but yeah, Sean Murphy is a decent pickup. He's a decent bat. I mean, he's, I, I feel like he's a typical uh, A's guy. Um, he'll get on base. Um, but I mean, he's, like I said, it, he's not going to shock the world with anything in it. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of mad at Vasquez cause I had Vasquez and he totally, uh, yeah, he totally, I could have told you that one. <laughs> um, and then the Orioles have uh, Cisco um, and uh, uh, Severino. Severino. Yeah. yeah, Chance uh, Cisco and Pedro Severino. And I had a chance to get those guys. And I'm like, nah, I'll just go for the upside guy. Yeah, the number I one pick. I didn't want to pick them up either. Uh, the Angels have Max Stassi and Kurt Suzuki. Max Stassi, I almost picked up because he's got it. He had a good season, but I don't trust one good season. Um, so. You Suzuki's know, really good. If you're in a two catcher league, he's really, yeah, really good. Suzuki yeah. would be a good pickup, but Stassi, I didn't trust it. He had one good season, but I don't, you know, he had a good season last year, but I don't, I don't trust it. Um, we'll wait and see no, if he's a good offense. It's, it's a good pickup, man. Sean Murphy, you, yeah. you could do, you yeah. could, like you said, you could have done a lot worse. Let's go to Mike Trout, Mookie Betts. I mean, come on. I mean, we really need to talk about yeah. these guys. <laughs> and you know, and of just, course, I knew that like it took forever for Felipe to pick Mookie Betts, but I knew he was going to pick Mookie Betts. And I'm just like, okay, who are the two outfielders I'm going with here? And I was shocked to really feel like that after those first two picks, outfield really did drop off a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, there was nothing there. It was those two guys. And then you can tell by my next pick, Alex Verdugo, who I do. I have high hopes for Alex Verdugo, but I think he's just a really flashy version of Nick Marcakis with a little (laughs) bit more power. I mean, what do you think about it? Good batting average, um, strong arm, good defense, gold glover. going to hit more doubles than home runs and maybe steal eight to 10 bases. He's literally a young Nick Marquez. Yeah. The Red Sox just completely facelifted their outfield this offseason. with, they got Verdugo. I'm waiting for this thing to load up. Here we go. Verdugo, uh, Frenchy Cordero and Hunter Renfro. Jesus Christ. Uh, really quick, uh, lightning, lightning round action here. Number one outfielder, Mike Trout or Mookie Betts. Uh, go ahead, Austin. Tell me who your number one outfielder is. Uh, Mike Trout. Um, I said yeah. lightning round. Hold on, Sean. Who's your number one? Mookie Betts or Mike Trout? Uh, Mike Trout. All right. Actually, one Soto. One Soto. But, uh, but off this, uh, uh, off this, Mike Trout. Okay. All right. That's moving on to Ramon Liriano. I don't know who. I honestly don't know. So, <laughs> um, I don't know because I feel like Mookie Betts can still get you some stolen bases and that's, yeah, that, in a Roto league, if that's what you're looking for, that's what yeah. you get. But I could be wrong. That's why I don't play Roto league. Can right? but Trout's more consistent. Yeah. What's that? I don't even think it's a consistency issue. I, I, I mean, if you need the stolen bases, then Mookie Betts is obviously the play. But I, I, I'm gonna take Mike Trout. Just I know what I'm getting, and I'm, I know what I'm getting from Mookie too. But you don't know if they're gonna let him run, where they're gonna bat him in the lineup, etc. Yeah. So, 
And then Ramon Liriano, a uh, nice power speed combination there. Uh, you could do a lot worse. So, I mean, you didn't get the top uh, big kahunas and Mookie Betts or Mike Chapa. With these two together, you got maybe one kahuna <laughs> combined? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Ramon Liriano, um, do you expect him to keep improving? Or maybe are you just looking to... Yeah. I mean, he batted 288 in back-to-back years in 2018, 2019. He was going for that Chris Davis where he has the same batting average three or four years in a row. Um, but he decided he wanted to fight Alex Centrone, uh, and just never really got going after that. Uh, I guess he spent all of his shots in that fight, uh, batted only 213, but six home runs, two stolen bases in a down year. Uh, I think him, he's got a good chance to rebound and he might actually get him at a better price because he did have a down year. All right. Well, moving on to Joe Adele. And this is the reason why I brought up the fact that Austin is an Angels fan. And like I, I brought up the other guys being their fans of the respective teams because now it becomes predictable for me. If I don't get Joe Adele now, there's a good chance that he gets them. So I picked him up right here. I still believe in Joe Adele. I'm not a fan of that 41% strikeout rate. But, you know, the raw power is there. Uh, the future value is there. Uh, like you guys mentioned, outfield, it's massive drop-off and uh, at outfield, so might as well go over to the upside here. So Joe Adele is that guy that fits the bill. And then uh, Austin goes Mark Hanna and Anthony Santander. So great Mark picks. Hanna. I loved both. Yeah, uh, Austin, how happy are you with uh, with those two picks there? Well, I will say I was not going to pick Joe Adele because – Don't lie to us. <laughs> go ahead. I was Sorry. not going to pick Joe Adele because I just – you know, I – he struggled. He has struggled too much in AAA for me to pick him up at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Canna. Um, I really like the A's, you know, the core A's, the Mark Canna's, the um, Chapman's and the Olsen's. I think um, they're, you know, they're really good. They're going to, they're going to give you some good offensive numbers. Um, as long as he keeps getting, he, he keep, he kept getting um, rotated in with Piscotti and all those guys. So I hope Canna gets some, Gets, gets he's their points. everyday guy now for sure in he's one of those outfield guy. spots he, he's yeah. going to be an everyday guy oh that's good and then um santander um at this point i needed an oriole um i have i hadn't <laughs> picked up an oriole um and so i was looking and i had you know looked up some of these guys in santander um i had heard before and i know he's had some previous success and his baseball savant page looked pretty good um, I believe he was above league average on um, a bunch of his uh, sliders in his baseball savant page. So I picked him up um, and he had some fantasy success last year. So I figured he'd be a pretty good late round uh, outfield pickup. He's one of those. He's like the he's Eddie Rosario with half of the price. Uh, he, he's a better fantasy player than he is real life that he has legitimate 30 home run power, uh, 20 home runs in 93 games in 2019, 11 and only 37. And anytime you try and give somebody 550 or 600 plate appearances in Baltimore that has a hit tool like Santander, uh, he doesn't walk a lot, but when he hits the ball, he hits for power. So yeah, yeah, I'm all over Santander. I thought those were two really good picks. And I keeping the theme of going for the upside guy, I went ahead and got Dylan Carlson. I could guess, you know, even if Santander was available, I, I was not um, uh, too attracted to him. Although I was attracted to a couple of the Orioles guy, like Austin Hayes. Uh, I just decided that Carlson, there's a reason why he's uh, a, a highly touted prospect for the Cardinals. Uh, solid uh, uh, grades, prospect grades, still a 60 future value, can limit strikeouts. I'm hoping to bank on the 2020 potential that he showed in double A uh, for the Cardinals in 2019. And um yeah, the only thing I don't like is that the Cardinals are pretty loaded at outfield, and I'm hoping that they find every day. Cardinals are also uh, contending, 
So that's also going to be an issue for me, but I'm hoping that they finally see the light and give this kid a chance to flourish. And just to go on this, he's only 22 years old. So Franchi Cordero now with the Red Sox, uh, currently on the COVID-19 list, whatever that means. And you also got J.D. Martinez back to back. Um, I don't know. Go ahead, Sean. Take it away. The the fun little Frenchy, uh, Frenchy, Frenchy Cordero tidbit. Um, since 2018 over the last three years, uh, there's only one, two, three, four, five, five players that have a higher average exit velocity than Franchi Cordero. Cor- uh, Cordero. Their names are Aaron Judge, Nelson Cruz, Giancarlo Stanton, Miguel Sano, and Joey Gallo. You could potentially get the Joey Gallo, Miguel Sano type power with the strikeout rate that probably comes with it, but then also chip in like 25 steals because Franchi Cordero is fast. The Red Sox team, I don't think they're going to be like contenders, contenders. So they might actually try and do a lot of that small ball stuff. Uh, if Franchi Cordero somehow runs into like 500 plate appearances, I think he's a sneaky 2020 threat. Um, I really like him. I also like Hunter Renfro. I wasn't able to pick him here. But if you look at uh, Hunter Renfro's um, spray chart over the last two or three years and place it at Fenway, this guy was built for it. I mean, he pulls all of his home runs. He's had so many doubles and fly balls in other parks that would be like on the street in Fenway. So uh, I liked him, but wasn't able to pick him. Did pick J.D. Martinez. He's a good bounce back candidate. Uh, I'm not buying really his 2020 at all. Uh, I, he's too good of a hitter to get out. Oh, on. Yeah. I was going to pick him if you weren't going to pick him for yeah. sure. So uh, moving on, Ryan Moncastle. So after uh, avoiding all the Orioles players, I, I went ahead and picked another, another Orioles uh, hitter. Mountcastle, uh, I, I think we used to complain about the Orioles farm system not giving us any uh, decent uh, prospects. Well, Mountcastle was, I guess, uh, a light at the end of the dark tunnel that is the Baltimore Orioles farm. Uh, so he has he showed some great promise, great power, great approach uh, for a guy of his age, uh, 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 you know, being raw as he was. So I'm hoping for more of the same. And he qualifies an outfield. I did not know that. I thought he was just DH only, but he qualifies an outfield. Go ahead, Sean. Um, he is basically a uh what's the other guy's name uh anthony santander but with prospect pedigree i mean he started (laughs) off as a shortstop and they realized that wasn't going to work and then they moved him over the third base and they're like oh crap he's really getting bad and so they moved him over to first base and i guess he did play some outfield last year i I didn't realize that um but he posted his highest walk rate ever like in his entire professional career in the major leagues last year in his debut um uh, is he a 333 hitter? I don't know, but he does have a great hit tool. And like I said, with Santander, if you can get a guy in Baltimore, 550 plate appearances, just with how good that park is for hitters and they have a quality hit tool, you're going to get value. And I feel like guys like Santander, Mountcastle are going to be great values for what you pay for them. Yeah, batting average for those who are interested, uh, anywhere between 260 and 280. So the, uh, eight, holy, no. there's one Zips has a 288 for the projections. So Zips has might... been very aggressive with a lot of the projections this year. I've noticed that. Yeah. Uh, he had a 398 BABIP in his in the majors last year, so that's that's definitely coming down. Um, maybe maybe he likes hitting in Buffalo. Who knows? <laughs> so Maybe. again the running joke is uh who's gonna pick the orioles players and it looks like we went back to back orioles here trey mancini coming back from cancer uh you don't see him having ill effects of that austin at all um i don't think so um i believe in trey mancini i had picked him up on one of my teams last year before he had cancer which was yeah. devastating i'm glad he's i'm glad he's coming back mm-hmm. um and i think the fact that he's that he's at camden yards and he's he's he was such a good hitter before. Um, uh, I think he will bounce back pretty good. He probably won't be 
especially at the beginning. He won't be the Trey Mancini that he was. But once he gets gets back, I think he could be a pretty good contributor for both the Orioles and, and a fantasy lineup. All right. We made it. We're at the pitcher's list now. Yes. And with the first pick for the starting pitcher, uh, Austin, you know, the Angels couldn't get him, but he got him. Trevor Bauer. Um, <laughs> again, we know who Trevor Bauer is. All right. We know who he is. We don't need to talk too much about him. So give me one negative about Trevor Bauer there, Austin. Um, I think he's a little um, – Last year, he was lights out. I think Shane Bieber was a little better, but um, he was lights out last year. But before then, I think he was a little overhyped. Um, mm-hmm. He was not a top echelon pitcher. He was just kind of above average. And I think he was marketed more as a top echelon pitcher. Um, hopefully, he keeps going with um, the Cy Young-esque year that, the, that he had in 2020. But um, – We'll see. Maybe he'll, and with the Dodgers and the pressure of the big contract, he might go back to just above average Trevor Bauer that we saw on the Indians. So we'll we'll see. All right. I mean, it's not a bad pick. I mean, but still, it, there's. Um, I just wanted to challenge you a little bit and say if you can think of something bad. I I believe in Trevor Bauer. Uh, with the Dodgers and the way they run things, it's a, it's a pretty really good pick there so i went with another dodgers pitcher and walker texas bueller um i've always been a big fan of walker bueller i like them i i try to get them in my leagues i know it's a risk uh naming him as a number one pick i think sean mentioned that before the podcast started that he's a guy you're trying to avoid and it seems to be a running theme on your uh oh what the hell was what was the uh the thing that you did this morning called potapalooza yes potapalooza and, and, and he was my number one faded pitcher um but i'll, I'll get to that in a sec yeah, but I still uh, believe I think that Dodgers are finally going to get him to let loose and just go as long as he can go. And after winning a World Series, I, I don't think they have any reason to preserve him for, for anything uh, at this point. He's 26 years old. He'll be 27 in August. It, it, I think the time is now for him to start shining and, and, and really showing that potential. And uh, you had some other things to add there, Sean? Really yeah, uh, like I, it's not a question of Beeler's skill. I mean, it never has been. It's right. always been a question of health. He's dealt with blister issues on and off all throughout the minors and majors. Uh, it's one of those. He only had eight starts last year, only threw about 30 innings. And we've heard this, you know, we'll just add 100 innings to what their total was last year. If Walker Buehler's only throwing 135 innings and you're drafting him at the end of round one, beginning of round two, uh, you're in trouble. And that's why I'm avoiding him mainly in almost all fantasy, except in that relegation league that I was in where we have all the minor league levels. I picked Jacob DeGrom in the first round, and then I double-barreled, and I got Walker Bueller in the second. If Walker Bueller's my SP2, I feel much better about him. But if he's now, the I, guy I'm relying on as SP1, I'm like, I'm, I'm worried. Now, are you talking in, in terms of redraft leagues, or, or is that also considering, like, Dynasty and keeper uh, uh, Dynasty, Dynasty I'd, I'd be all over them, but uh, yeah, I'm mainly in redraft for, like, 2021. Okay. Yeah, let's try to make that distinction. Because, yeah, if you're in a keeper league, you're, you're kind of forced to get yeah, Walker. Yeah, yeah, for point. sure. So you went with a safer choice in Jack Flaherty, uh, mainly because – I mean, let, let me ask you, Sean. If uh, Walker Bueller was uh, was available and Jack, and, you know, and Jack Flaherty wasn't, would you still – Avoid Walker Bueller in this in or, redraft or no, right here, right here in this exercise. If I picked, Jack no, I, Flaherty, I, I would, I, I probably would have picked Bueller. Okay, just making sure. So yeah. Jack Flaherty, uh, but he is a safer choice. Uh, also on a contending team, uh, has shown to have a really bulldog uh, ability as um, 
it, as a and his 2020 ace. is misleading because you look at him, he had nine starts, a 4.9 ERA, um, 22 runs given up in 40 innings. Uh, but when you take out one start, his ERA was like beneath two or right at two. He gave up nine of his 22 earned runs in one game. So him and Lance McCullers and one other starting pitcher were kind of in that same the one start just ruined everything for him. And so it, if, if you have a full season, one nine run start, you know, hurts you, but it's reco- you can recover from it. Uh, if you have seven or eight starts, you can't recover from it. So. And then um, let's see here. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, which to my surprise is still considered a top 10 uh, starting pitcher. Clayton Kershaw is still top 10 pitcher in your book, Sean. Uh, he's right there at the, the 10, 11, 12. Uh, he's definitely fading out of it, but at the same time, you know, he's only 32. Uh, it's and an old 32. Come on. He, he, he's 32. His back's 42 and his arm's 52. Thank you. Um, but he knows how to spin the ball. He, he's just at this point, he's just pitching. You know, I mean, he, he used to be able to, you know, be that perfect finesse guy. He could power it up, but now it's just like, He's I, I, I don't know how to describe it, but he's getting the results done. He's going to be pitching on a Dodgers team that's going to win a bunch of games. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all over that, especially since no. I couldn't get the two elite guys. I'll take that duo over having either of those two, Bauer and no, Bueller. He's, he's still uh, SP1 for real-life Dodgers. Uh, you mentioned he's like maybe 12th overall in terms of SP. If, you're, if, if Clayton Kershaw's 12th overall SP, he's still a fantasy SP1. Is that does that make sense to you guys that Clayton Kershaw is still seen as an SP number one, or am I just overthinking this? I, I think people think he's not no longer an SP one. Uh, but it's funny if you look at his ERAs over the since 2015 2.1, 1.6, 2.3, 2.7, 3.0, and 2.1. And we're acting like he's about to like he has fallen off some cliff. Like, obviously, he's not the Clayton Kershaw of before, but right. Damn, like <laughs> no, the he's results good. are there. The results are there for sure. I think he's cursed by the fact that he is Clayton Kershaw. He had that 1.6 mm. ERA and he was unhittable for the longest time. And now, you know, he's starting to get a little hittable, even though he's produ- he's still producing a 2.3 ERA. Everybody still sees him as the 1.6, you know, the 1.6 ERA yeah. Clayton Kershaw. So no, I think he's still a SP1. In fantasy, in right? Fantasy. You're talking, in fantasy. Okay. Uh, okay, so I, I just got to say this, that I was very happy with my pitching staff uh, at the when it was all said and done. I got the guys that I really wanted, and including a couple of Angels guys. So I, I felt like I just snatched them away from the Angels fan, although Austin did say that he was not looking to get any uh, Angels pitchers. But Dylan Bundy, man, I've always liked Dylan Bundy, even when he was with the Orioles uh, as a prospect. Then he gets to the Orioles and gets shellacked because of just how god-awful – that ballpark is to pitching. Uh, but I, I had a feeling that as soon as he escaped from Baltimore and gets to uh, the sunny uh, sea level, that is uh, California uh, in this, in this regard, Orange County, that he would uh, come back and, and, and show that he could still be a serviceable starting pitcher. And that's what exactly what he did. So I'm excited to have him on my team again, uh, even in this exercise, as I expect more of the same, he's only 28 years old. Uh, so it's time for him to make up for lost time. I like this pickup from uh, Austin, though. Julio Urias, it looks like he has a starting rotation spot uh, 
with the Dodgers for once in his life. Uh, he's not going to be this uh, Terry Mulholland type pitcher. He's going to SP number four, according to roster resource. Um, I guess uh, any concerns that the Dodgers might change their mind there, Austin? Um, I think the, with the fact that the Dodgers like to play around with their lineup so much um, and their pitching rotation that, and they know that he can go back into the bullpen that they may pull him back into the bullpen later in the year for whatever reason, it'll be some weird, stupid reason. Um, but I, th- that may happen, but you know what? I will say that Julio Urias up until the, the 2020 playoffs, I was not impressed by Julio Urias. I thought he was, I didn't think he was all that special. I thought he was just kind of average until I wa- until I really got to watch him in the 2020 playoffs and especially in the world series. I was impressed by how he was able to handle, especially with as young as he is, how he was able to handle all that pressure and he was able to outpitch some of those other other um, top echelon pitchers. So, you know, I've really changed my mind about Julio Urias, and I was really excited to pick him up in my in my lineup. Quick, Felipe, then, Julio Urias uh, debuted in 2016. How old is he? He's uh, he's. Well, Oh, I know because I have it in front of me. Oh, boo. <laughs> I was hoping you wanted to. This just so happened, but I think I, I would have guessed 24 years old anyway. Yeah. It's crazy that he is only 24. Uh, I, he's one of my favorite pitchers. I think he's actually one that they'll lean on more. If they need to lean on a starting pitcher in 2021, I think it's going to be over the S rather than Bueller or Kershaw. I think he might be the guy that gets the most innings on that team, aside from yeah. Trevor Bauer. And you know the best part about Julio Urias is, right? What? He's Mexican. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adam Adovino, uh, going now he's a Red Sox, no longer a Yankee. Uh, you still believe in Adovino to be the premier late inning relief pitcher that he showed over the past there, Austin? Well, at this point in the exercise, I needed a Red Sox. I had not picked up any oh. Red Sox. Um, and he was really the only one that I really was looking at. And, um, you know, in terms of pitching um, that I was really looking at, I wasn't really all that high on Eovaldi. I wasn't high on, um, I wasn't high on any of the other pitches besides Ottavino. He has had consistency issues. He's very streaky. He can be the premier reliever that we've seen him to be, but I know last year, even though it was a small sample size, he didn't have that great of a year with the Yankees. Um, so, I mean, he could be, um, it's, we'll just have to see um, if they pitch him, if they pitch him to more, um, if he gets matched up with more lefties, I think he'll have a pretty good season, but with that short porch out in left field um, at the, at the monster, he may, he may have some uh, problems down there in Boston. Uh, by the way, for those who can't see, uh, we went back to back starting pitchers and now we're going to pick our one relief pitcher in the middle, like kind of a sandwich kind of thing. Actually, we're going to go. Yeah, we got, we got a sandwich relief pitcher here. I went with Trevor Rosenthal who, you know, Again, excited that he was still available to me, even uh, uh, with the first go round of relief pitchers. I think he's the best relief pitcher on this list. I know uh, right. Kenley, Kenley Jansen is around, but you know we we've seen Kenley Jansen not. Uh, let's put it this way: it was Julio Urias shutting the door for the Dodgers World Series, and not Kenley Jansen. So that's all you got to know about that. But I, I, as Sean knows, we talked about Rosenthal at nauseum in season one of the podcast. I was excited that he was getting a second chance. I've always liked them with the Cardinals. Uh, some just injuries and just inconsistent play uh took a soul but once he got to the royals healthy for the first time uh lighting up the gun at 97 miles an hour he gets to the padres and i told sean hey this is gonna be your closer i don't care who else i don't care that drew pomerantz is there i don't care that emilio pagan is there rosenthal has to be your closer and he ended up being the closer and uh, now he's gonna be having the sole possession of the oakland athletics closing job so i could not be happier when getting Trevor Rosenthal. And of course, Sean does get Kenley Jansen. Uh, I don't know, so, Sean. <laughs> Austin, go ahead. 
So um, just to plug in for those of you that are listening to know, to these guys know what they're talking about, because last year I was struggling with a little bit of my pitching, especially my relief pitching. And, uh, you know, I was watching, I was watching the podcast and these guys were big on Trevor Rosenthal, go, go pick up Trevor Rosenthal. And I went and picked up Trevor Rosenthal and about, three of my teams and he did really well. So he, he was, I was really happy to pick him up. Um, and I remember Felipe going, you know, I'm going to pick him up in all of my leagues. So if you can, and as soon as I heard that, even while they were podcasting, I picked him up while they were podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> See, Sean, so you can't complain about me. At least I would have waited five minutes after the show was over. No, 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 no. <laughs> There's a grace you were, period. You were, you were doing the show. I was just watching. So I picked him up. <laughs> well thank you for the kind words man i mean that's all about we're trying to help each other and, and share our expertise i know most people are guarded with their information but now we're putting it out there we tell you even people in our league we tell you hey, this is who we're gonna pick up i got several people wanting my spreadsheets here's who i'm looking to plan because yeah. i know I'm, it doesn't matter because i'm gonna pick up who i'm gonna pick up no matter what so uh but so, so thank you for the kind words i really do appreciate that so we move on to kenley jansen there sean um his know. results are still really good, except uh, if you avoid every single red flag known to man. This is like looking in the ocean at the beach, seeing somebody flailing and yelling shark, and then you go, eh, I want to go for a swim anyway. And that, that's what it's like drafting Kenley Jansen. And I picked him in the relegation draft, and I, I put up like all these red flag things. Uh, you actually see his average pitch velocity on his fastballs goes down oh, and while that's going down his expected woba or his woba against on fastballs is going in the complete opposite direction mm. so as he's losing velo hitters are starting to hit it more uh for his luck i mean he's still that cutter is great for him and if you wouldn't believe if you looked at the stefan sliders it's just oh my god you cross your fingers and pray and, you know, Dave Roberts said that Kenley Jansen has earned the right to be the closer and that going into 2021, he will be the closer for the Dodgers. So, okay. I mean, it, I mean you have to pick the closer for huh? the best team in baseball. And yeah, but you, there is a lot of risk. A lot of about, risk. You talk about fading pitchers. This is my fading relief pitcher right here is uh, Kenley Jansen. I want no part of him at all. I mean, the Dodgers are just loaded everywhere. I, in the bullpen with a lot of uh, closer. Uh, it ends up with bruised or Gratterall, I think, who wasn't picked. I was shocked by that. I meant to. I yeah, I was going to do it, but I changed my mind at the end. Go ahead, uh, Austin. You were going to say was, something? I was surprised that um, uh, Roberts came out and said Kenley Jansen is still the closer. I thought for sure he was going to give it to Gratterall and make uh, Jansen the setup man um, because Jansen mm -hmm. is just not – he's not a closer anymore. It, it's the last year of his uh, contract. I think he – will be forced to accept a lesser role or move on to greener pastures. I don't even want year. him. I don't even want him in the seventh or eighth inning. I avoided him like the plague. I don't want him because he's just too inconsistent. So. And then uh, Sean, you went with John means. Uh, is that your Orioles representative here? That is my Orioles representative. <laughs> um, I, I ended up picking another one. Uh, he was the one who I really wanted though. And he's someone, you know, he was their all-star representative in 2019. He came in second in Rookie of the Year to Jordan Alvarez. He was kind of, you know, an afterthought. But he he performed admirably, especially when you consider where he pitches. Um, and then one thing that nobody talked about, because I think he had a late start. He only – he made 10, 10 starts in 2020. But yeah. nobody talked about his fastball velocity. He went from just kind of, you know, 
throwing it up there, you know, almost a soft toss in lefty. Um, his average four seam in 2019 was 91.7. Uh, in 2020, it consistently sat at 94, 95, 96. And when you combine his fastball ability, which has good spin rates, and he just kind of keeps hitters off balance, good changeup, good curveball. He has the complete arsenal, which I always like. Um, I think he's good. He's uh, underrated, and I think he's probably the best player on that team. I mean, yeah, I'm avoiding all Orioles starting pitchers. In this. <laughs> I don't want any part hey, of it. I had to pick one, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's why you do it early, you know, with Adley Rushman or Ryan Mountcastle or Anthony Santander, Trey Mancini. That's the time to do it, brother. I mean, I almost did take uh, Mountcastle and Santander um, oh, at Util, and then I, I, I kind of I doubled back. Uh, Jesus Lazardo, man, I am a big fan. I love him. Uh, I don't know what happened last year, but I'm, I'm going to ride that train until the, the wheels are completely falling off. I mean, the fastball, the slider combination are just too damn good. The changeup is still a work in progress from what I remember, but uh, it's just, there's just too much upside to pass up on. I'm actually, I thought you were going to get him, but thankfully you uh, went the Orioles route. <laughs> I mean, and, how many, how many innings is he going to throw? That's my worry there. I trust yeah. means with some innings. Uh, Lazardo, I think what he throws a hundred and, 30 and a that's like his 90th percentile outcome is 130 innings like i can't see him throwing it that much like at all well he's still only 23 years old that the upside is still there i still believe him he's listed as a number two starting pitcher for the a's at the moment and uh 151 is the innings pitch that is being projected on the roster resource page. <laughs> i'm taking the under <laughs> uh hey man that's but yeah that's what you're chasing right you're chasing that especially after you know in the middle of your rotation you could do a lot worse, like getting Frankie Montez, who's coming back from a wait. Was he suspended for PED use last year or no? I don't remember. Uh, that was in 2019, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, not, I, I kid about Frankie Montez. I kid, I kid, but he's currently on the COVID 19 list. But other than that, uh, Austin, what do you see from Frankie Montez for 21? Uh, yeah, he got busted for PEDs, um, but um. I still see an upside with uh, Montes. Um, He's still got a pretty good fastball. And uh, I think the fact that he's in that uh, wide and expansive, uh, you know, Ricky Henderson field or whatever they call it now. um, I think the, I think the fact that he's in that um, really big ballpark, I think is um, really good for him. I think there's still some upside to to Frankie Montas. I'm not, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to sleep on him yet. I think he's still got something left. My biggest plus for Frankie Montas is in this offseason, he's hooked up with uh, Codify Incorporated Baseball. Uh, they were the ones who started doing a lot of the heat mapping, game planning for guys like Liam Hendricks, who Liam Hendricks has personally credited with really turning his career around. Hmm. Um, and they have something like 30 or 40 clients now. Uh, Marcus Stroman is one. There's they got a lot of them. Uh, Lucas Giolito is another, but Frankie Monsos just joined with them this year. Um, they're hoping they, they even put out a tweet about like him throwing his splitter more, which was something he actually threw less in 2020, even though it was a great pitch for him in 2019. So if they can get him to throw that splitter more, I think he's going to do really well. Just yeah. needs to worry about the walks, which has always been a worry with him is his command and walk rate. And then uh, knowing that there's an Angels fan on board, uh, the fact that I went with Jesus Lazardo just shows how much I love Jesus Lazardo. So because I really wanted Andrew Haney and I'm thinking, oh, well, well, I can't, you know, I wanted Dylan Bundy and Andrew Haney and this exercise, but I can't have it all right. 
And then Austin picks Griffin Canning. Like, yes, he picks the Angels player that I did not want. But go ahead. Why why Griffin Canning over some of the other uh, Angels pitchers that were available? So I like Heaney and I like Canning. I like them both, but I feel like Canning is a little more consistent than Mm. Heaney is. Um, Heaney, I think a lot of Angel fans, and I could be wrong, but I I know this Angel fan thought that Heaney could really turn into a really good, you know, really solid 2-1, you know, SP1, SP2 um, in real life for them. But he just hasn't turned that corner. He's not all that – he's not consistent. I feel like Canning is a little more consistent. You're going to get a little bit more strikeouts out of Canning. He throws his fastball a little bit harder. Um, He's got the same problem as Heaney does. He's not as – he's not consistent – sometimes he'll go out and he's got it's a great performance and he'll go out and be lights on then the next time he'll get blown up so you never know what kind of what you're going to get out of but i do like griffin canning um i think and i've read a, a couple articles that have said he's poised for a breakout season this year he's been he's been impressing at spring training but again half the players at spring training are impressing at spring training um, <laughs> i love i like that phrase that's a good sound bite right there so <laughs> Um, but I, I, I like, I like canning. I thought, um, I think he's going to be pretty good. And I think eventually he will probably pass up, uh, Heaney. He won't, he won't ever be an ace, but I think he will pass up Heaney. I liked him. I like him over Heaney. Uh, uh, sorry. I thought Sean had something to add there. Yeah. I I don't like Heaney and Griffin canning and a guy who didn't get picked here, who I also like, uh, Patrick Sandoval, another angels pitcher. They suffer from the same damn thing. Uh, they have great secondaries for Canning. It's his curveball and changeup. Uh, Sandoval's got a great curveball and slider or curveball changeups, either same combo. But their fastballs just get absolutely poofied on. Um, Griffin Canning in 2020 did get a little unlucky with his uh, four-seamer. Uh, had a expected batting average of 235. Uh, in real, their actual batting average against it was 305. So, you know, a little bit of bad luck there perhaps. Um they have a habit but, of leaving their fastballs right over, you know. Yeah, like right in the middle of the plate. And they have such great, you know, secondary stuff that Sandoval, I think it's an even more extreme issue because uh, yeah. he doesn't throw as hard as Canning. Uh, if they can just figure out – and there, if there's going to be a team that does it, it's going to be the Angels because that's how they really unlock Dylan Bundy. Uh, Dylan Bundy, they – I mean, he started throwing his curveball or his slider. You know, that was his primary pitch now. And he started pitching batters backwards. You know, um, Dylan Bundy was leading off at bats with his curveball. Uh, he led the league in curveball percentage and OO counts. Uh, nobody was throwing as many. And that was because Dylan Bundy, instead of throwing his fastballs for strikes, he was using his breaking stuff for strikes. And then he was sneaking up on hitters with a fastball. And even though he was only barely cracking 90 on the gun, these guys would be late on it because all they see is slider, change up, slider, change up, curve, sliders, change. And then next thing you know, a 91-mile-an-hour fastball looks like Randy Johnson coming at you. So <laughs> if there is a team that can figure it out for Griffin Canning or Patrick Sandville, I think it could be the Angels. Well, let me tell you why I like Andrew Haney, right? <clears throat> he's uh, Since coming to the Angels, he's uh, still shown that he can consistently strike out people. Uh, the I know the uh, advanced peripheral ERAs are not very um, – you know, good or whatever, but I still believe in him. He's going to get the pitches. Uh, the game starts. He's I mean, it's, the only thing that sucks about him is that they've got a six man rotation going, but for the angels, th- this is as good as it gets for them. Uh, he's uh, 
established at the age of 30 years old. He'll be 30. Yeah, he'll be 30 years old this year. Yeah. So he has that going for him. He has that uh, craft, craft, the craftsmanship uh, and the experience and the veteran guile. But here's what I like about him. Last year, uh, in terms of outside the swing percentage, I'm always looking for outside the swing percentage from fan graphs to show how much uh, they're inducing swings, out, especially getting guys to chase outside the zone. Uh, Haney was 14th overall among all qualifying pitchers. Uh, that's uh, in front of Luis Castillo, Carlos Carrasco, Max Scherzer, Zach Gallen, a who's who of uh, pitching aces uh, in fantasy baseball. So I like that. I don't like the soft tossing, you know, 91 mile per hour fastball, but guess what? He's left-handed. They all, most of them are soft tossing 91 mile per hour lefties anyway. So there's a lot to like about him. And I was glad that, you know, I know Kenny might have a little slightly more potential, but Haney is just a safer floor for me, even though he's only projected to get 168 innings pitched according to roster resource. I'll take it. With with Haney, I I think it is, we should mention, uh, he completely ditched the sinker, uh, according to baseball's font from what I'm looking at. He was throwing, you know, sinker, curveball, changeup, that's it. Uh, He ditched that for a four-seamer this year, which actually has some pretty good spin on it. Uh, so in, if you look at the pitch similarity, you see both 2020 Matthew Boyd and 2019 Matthew Boyd, uh, Patrick Corbin, James Paxson, David Peterson, all lefties all have, you know, pretty good upside. Uh, Boyd has a little bit of a lower floor and I think he might fit in with Boyd. And the last um, thing I'm going to say about Haney really quick, if I may sneak this in, I mentioned the outside of swing percentage. I know that he had a 12.4 swinging strike rate, uh, Haney did, which was good enough for 16th overall among all qualifying starting pitchers. And again, ahead of guys like Zach Gallen, Herman Marquez, Kyle Hendricks, Jose Barrios. So all these other guys, uh, Haney's right up there. So I'm when he was available, I snatched him up like a hyena snatches up a, a dead corpse. So, <laughs> uh, I do I do like Haney's curveball. Haney's yeah, curveball. He, he's always had a, good, a great breaking ball. Yeah, he's always yeah. got a great curveball. I just, I don't know. I like Canning a little better than I like Heaney. I like them both, but I like Canning just a, just a tad better. And look what happened here. Back to back to back Angels pitchers with Shoy Otani, the dark horse, the white buffalo. Is this the year, Sean? Is this the year? Oh, God. Those tweets from the last two days. You know, first it was I saw he was that. barely cracking 90. And then they heard he was up to 97 in his next bullpen. And then they said in the bullpen after that, he was touching triple digits. Oh, my. Oh, God. It's they pulled me back in like that. That's it. It's that all over again. Um, I mean, pitcher Otani is great when healthy. Uh, obviously, he hasn't been healthy for as a pitcher in a while. But even if he's a designated hitter only, and I'm I'm picking him, you know, to try and get him both ways here, uh, he might be the sneakiest 2020 candidate in all of baseball that nobody talks about because he's you know a pitcher or whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's well. I I just want you to know, Sean. I was just giggling to myself, grabbing my popcorn and seeing all the comments on Twitter. No, no, we don't share that. We that that was a non-league strategy meeting. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm in there watching regardless. Uh, Jordan Hicks uh, back from Tommy John surgery, correct? Yes, uh, he sat out uh, 2020 uh, because he did have some pre-existing conditions. I believe he was a diabetic. Um, oh, right. I'm not really sure who's going to be the closer. I'm not sure if that. Uh, Cardinals nope. know who's going to be the closer. Nobody they, knows. They have a lot of options. You know, they have Hicks, Gallegos. Uh, John Gant is a forgotten man that we haven't mentioned or won't mention on this list, but has been very good. Uh, he could end up as a starter. He could end up as a reliever. They got a lot of options. Uh, I think Jordan Hicks is the go-to sim- simply because of one, his stuff, and two, they might appreciate Gallegos in other roles, such as like a fireman going in with men on base already. Something that you probably don't want Hicks to do with some – if he command stuff that he usually has. And then uh, 
you know, I was worried that I was, I was not going to get Tony Gonsolin after, you know, Sean getting back-to-back picks here. And by the way, we're back to relief pitcher. So Sean went with Jordan Hicks, but Tony Gonsolin was available. So I'm, I'm out here dancing. Like, yes, I got another, uh, yet another pitcher that I really, really covet. And I really, really want. The only thing I don't like about Tony Gonsolin is that he's 27 years old. I mean, he was supposed to be a hot shot prospect. And because he's with the Dodgers, all those years went by him. And now he's 27 years old and he's kind of stuck in that bullpen as a, as a long relief guy. But you, I mean, we saw what he did last year when he had to do the whole piggyback thing in a shortened 2020 season. And I, I just, I just think the world of him, I think he's ready to, um, if he were in any other team, we, we, we would be talking about him being a very uh, good pickup at starting pitcher. But unfortunately he's with the Dodgers. So we do what we can get for him. And Tony Gonsolin, I think is a decent relief pitcher, um, especially in the categories leagues and leagues that do holds and, and at least that, uh, like you, Sean, like you always mentioned, Sparks. Well, we're always looking for Sparks. So, uh, speaking of Gallegos, uh, Austin is also putting money on Giovanni Gallegos to win that starting, uh, I'm sorry, the closers role in St. Louis. Is that correct there, Austin? Um, I, I think so. When you're looking at his baseball savant page, I think out of the four eligible people that are probably in, in line for the closers, you got Reyes, Gallegos, Miller, and Hicks. I think Gallegos is probably a little bit better than, than Hicks. And um, I think if I remember correctly, Gallegos has got a little bit more command than, mm. um, than Hicks does. And yep. even, even not, I feel like, um, you know, they may, you know, the Cardinals may do something like a platoon closer type situation. Um, and, you know, Gallegos can get you some saves um, and, yeah, I think he can get get you some strikeouts and some and some saves. So I think he might be a pretty good pickup for a fantasy lineup. And then Sergio Romo, back to back relief pitchers we're doing here. So Sergio Romo, um, go ahead and talk about him for a little bit. So I've always been I've always liked Sergio Romo, even back in the in the Giants days. He was good with the Marlins. He had a good season last year. Um, you know, obviously he's I believe he's in his forties. Um, he's not the Sergio Romo, he was with the giants, but he still can go out there and, and, and get you some outs in the, in the back end. Um, he is on the A's now and yeah. he is, uh, he's projected according to roster resource to be the setup man in the seventh inning. So he's supposed to be the seventh inning man, but um, I think he's still um, a pretty good candidate to um, get some outs. He's got, so he's still got some pretty good breaking pitches. Um, I've, I still think he's got one or two years left and I think he's a good late round pickup. If you're looking for a, a, a relief pitcher in the late rounds, he's then had I, 50 saves over the last three years. I still, he had five in 2020. Uh, and that was with a team that had Trevor May, Tyler Duffy. Obviously they went, the A's went out and spent a bunch of money on Trevor Rosenthal, but Trevor Rosenthal is no sure thing. I mean, he was really good with the Cardinals and then he was really bad after Tommy John. And now he's really good again, maybe. I think Sergio Romo's a, a under-the-radar guy that could really, you know, vulture some saves. I think he's going to do really well in Oakland. I think that's a good ballpark for him. He's always okay. done really well limiting hard contact. So I do like him, especially in a save-holds league. And just out of curiosity, since 2017, Sergio Romo has thrown 59.3% of his pitches have gone for sliders, which puts him number two behind Matt Whistler. So I was hoping I can call him the human slider, but I guess Sergio Romo is not the human slider. That distinction goes to hey, Matt Whistler. He's, sli- he's uh, slider senior. Matt Whistler can be slider junior. 
You mean Senor Slider, right? Because he's Mexican. <laughs> also Mexican. That's a good one. There you go. Oh, oh well, that's the, the advantages of being bilingual. Learn, to, learn two or three languages, guys. Tanner Scott. Tanner Scott. It's another guy I've always liked uh, for the Orioles. Uh, I've just been kind of waiting and waiting, and I think now's the time to grab him. I know Sean went with Hunter Harvey, so we went back-to-back Orioles here. Um, not that I'm expecting Harvey to well, – maybe I am for a little bit. To, for him to kind of blow it as a the closer, the penciled-in closer. But I, I believe in uh, Tanner Scott. The walks are a little uh, worrisome, but the 97-mile-per-hour fastball is uh, just something that pops out on his Fangraphs page. And most importantly, he, if I remember correctly, yeah, he swings bats, or he makes bats. Uh, he, he Swinging strike percentage is what I'm trying to say, 13.9%. Outside the string, uh, outside the zone swinging strike rate, a little worrisome. But if he's able to, uh, you know, figure that out and get more people to chase more of his pitches, I think we have something here. And I just wanted to be cute and pick another Orioles pitcher. I think he's so good. I've been waiting on him for so long. I I don't have Hunter Harvey in my 30-team dynasty, but I do have Tanner Scott. And I think he could be, hey, they had Zach Britton as a closer for a long time. Why can't Tanner Scott be their closer for a long time? Yeah, yeah. That's what we're hoping for, right? But you went with Hunter Harvey. I guess you, if you did not, if if Tanner Scott was available, would you have gotten I probably would have picked Tanner Scott over Hunter Harvey. I do like both of them. Yeah, And uh, I think it's just going to be, they could use Scott as a fireman. They could use Harvey as the fireman. And I don't know which one's going to get the bona fide closers role. I don't think there will be one. I just think they're going to go with who who's available that day. Um, what does the opponent's lineup look like? Just stuff like that. So, All right. And then uh, we go back to starting pitchers, Garrett Richards, who we talked about earlier uh, <clears throat> when we went uh, on Facebook Live. Uh, just <laughs> Garrett Richards, an old Angels pitcher. Uh, is this finally the year that he puts it together, Sean? Well, you would actually you say put it all together. Uh, what would you say his career ERA is? Uh, I guess uh, three seventy nine. I guess I don't. That's know. as close as three point six. And it, um, his numbers are, for his career are actually much better than you would ever anticipate. Um, last year he ended up getting bounced to the bullpen towards the end of the year with San Diego. Um, which is a spot where if he doesn't work out in Boston's rotation, I think he's going to be an elite reliever. Um, he's always gotten pretty good spin rates, um, just overall spin rates on both his fastball and his curveball. But if you look at his active spin, it's probably as not as good as it could be, especially on the four-seamer. He gets a lot of spin on it, but it's not all the spin that you want. Uh, the curveball still great, but he's starting to ditch it in favor of a slider which has done really well the last two years. The stuff's still there. and It's I, always been there. Yeah, and even after Tommy John and the multiple injuries, it's great. Um, your worst-case scenario is he becomes Boston's closer. He's still fantasy relevant. Best-case scenario, he's probably their best starting pitcher next to Nate Evaldi until Chris Sale comes back, and he, you get some wins. I, I, I don't see a, a losing situation here for him. And then Dustin May, I picked them up. Uh, just I got the two Dodgers pitches that I really wanted, so I'm happy that that came out. About Dustin May is a uh, another highly touted prospect. If Dustin May was in any, in any other team, like oh I don't know the Braves, for example, we'd be talking about Dustin May being a, a sneaky pick or a, a, a must-have pick in the late stages of the draft. So we saw what he did last year in the playoffs and in the regular season for the Dodgers, and uh, I'm very happy with the. 
with the back-to-back Tony Gonsolin, Dustin May in my starting rotation. And then, oh, Jesus. Okay, so uh, <laughs> Josiah Gray. So, uh, you know, uh, Austin, who just disappeared on me. Uh, where'd he go? Oh, oh, oh he's he, back. Is anyway, he? Okay, there we go. So anyway, I go Gonsolin, I go Dustin May, and then Austin goes on that Dodgers uh, pitching prospect uh, train and Josiah Gray. Uh, tell me something, a little something, because we're running out of time here. Josiah Gray, Austin, why him? Austin, so yeah. Josiah Gray, can you guys hear me? Yes. I can hear you now. Go ahead. Okay. So um, Josiah Gray, um, really, uh, we I, I feel like we had ran out of um, pitchers that I think could make a uh, – that could be fantasy relevant. So I kind of went with, uh, with prospect that could maybe – um, come up this year and be relevant maybe later in the year. Josiah Gray is the 58th um, rated prospect mm-hmm. in the um, in the pipeline right now. Um, he's in the Dodger system. He's a converted shortstop um, going seven mile an hour fastball. Um, I believe he has a pretty good slider from what I read. He's got a, he's got a pretty decent slider. He's got a change up that he's working on. Um, and roster resource has him coming in maybe mid 2021. Um, so I think he could be a good maybe spot starter um, for the reliever later in the year. If they, um, you know, so I think, I think he could be rel- um, a relevancy contributor maybe later in the year, not at the beginning of the year. He could probably be good a good late season pickup if he if he um, gets uh, called up to the majors. And then you, uh, we finished off with relief pitchers. Final round. Let's go, let's quickly move along here as uh, we, we're we're really going over here. Mike Mike Mayers, uh, what's that? Angels. Yes, he's with the Angels. Yes. Uh, I like the projections that are coming on board. Uh, what do you see for Mike Mayers for twenty one there, Austin? So Mike Mayers, um, I'm I'm really impressed with Mike Mayers. I uh, I tried. At first, I was not sure about picking up any Angels relievers because what we talked about earlier, uh, they're good at having one good year, one or two good years, and then they disappear. Um, but Mike Mayers, even with his tenure with the Cardinals before he came to the to the um, Angels, he has steadily been getting better as as the years have gone on. And this year, or last year with the Angels, it seems like he really turned it on, had a 2.1 ERA. Um, really good sliders on baseball savant he does yeah, i think he's i think he's poised to have another good season in the back end of the bullpen there for um for the angels uh he's slated to be their setup guy their number uh their eighth inning guy um but i mean if iglesias doesn't work out which i'm not sure if iglesias will work out or not who knows we'll have to see they may put him back there um they may put him back there to get some saves We'll just have to see what happens. But Mayers is my exception with the Angels. I think he could have uh, back-to-back really good seasons. That's good stuff. Uh, that's You guys will notice Rice Silly Glaces was not on any of this list. So that just goes to tell you how much we have faith in Rice Silly Glaces into 2021. Finally, my <laughs> last guy, relief pitcher Alex Reyes. Uh, why not? Let's give it one more chance. We'll one more never go. quit him. <laughs> well, I I can't. I I wasn't gonna. I didn't come into this uh, trying to look for a Cardinals relief pitcher to pick. And then there's Alex Reyes still available. Like, all right, fine. I mean, Jordan Hicks is already off the board. Giovanni Gallegos is off the board. Might as well go for the uh, the twenty. 20- 
second uh, relief pitcher going for that uh, closers role in St. Louis. So <laughs> Reyes, former touted, highly touted prospect. Um, everybody wanted him at one point, 100 mile per hour fastball at one point. Injuries, inconsistencies has derailed his career, but let's give it one more chance for Alex Reyes. Uh, do you agree with that assessment there, Sean? Yeah, I'm willing to, I like, I can't quit him. I just can't. Yeah, yeah, we'll never let you go. We'll never let you go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we did a, with Melvin, we did a Dominican Republican thing and Alex Reyes is Dominican. So there hey. you go. everything's connected. Finally, now you, you try to, you try to sneak one in on me, but no, you forget that I control the spreadsheet, but <laughs> Hirokazu Sagwara, why him? And where does he play? Cause I haven't, I haven't even heard of him. He just time. signed with the Red Sox. He's been a reliever in Japan for a long time. And he's had varied levels of success. Uh, he's been really good. He's been kind of so-so. He's been bad. Uh, but he's been better more than he has been bad. And they already said that they're looking to use him in those last two or three innings of the game. So that instantly makes your ears perk up like, oh, this guy mm-hmm. might get saves. Um, especially because I, I don't believe in Adam Adovino anymore. I, they're, he's not getting whiffs. And if he's not getting whiffs, he's basically useless. What about Matt um, Barnes? Do you believe in Matt Barnes or Ryan? I, I don't think the Red Sox believe in Matt Barnes. <laughs> I think they did when they traded Brandon Workman, and then I, Matt Barnes just doesn't have him and Ottavino. Kind of, they don't they walk too many guys, and they don't really like that. And they but, still got um, Ryan Brazier too. So it's just, it's I didn't want mess. Hirokazu Sarura. Sorry, I, I misspelled it. Sawura. Are you are you fixed? Are you, I misspelled it. Somebody did. Um, I wanted oh, to move Garrett Richards to RP because he is RP eligible. And then I wanted to use Nate Avaldi in my SP slot, but Felipe is the fun police and he didn't let me do that. Hirokazu Sakamura. <laughs> no, man, you got to pick one, not two or three in one uh, cell block here, but that's it. Or this is pick all... a player and then pick somebody else. <laughs> Austin. <laughs> well, well to, I mean, like he mentioned, uh, his. Uh, hey, I his mean, hand. I didn't pick two, so <laughs> yeah, take that, take that, Sean. And and like Austin mentioned to us, his uh, finger was still on the chess piece. So oh, okay, uh, finger was still on it. So we'll go with yep. that. But that's it, man. <laughs> Good stuff as always. Whew. Sixty players, another sixty players down. Listen, if you guys aren't getting your fill of fantasy baseball or or just player evaluations on this podcast, we don't know how much more we can give you, uh, or how much more we can tell you. And we're, we're unleashing secrets. We're telling you what's going on, and we're having fun trying to figure out where these six teams were uh, are, are going to uh, round out for the upcoming twenty twenty one season. We st- obviously the Dodgers are loaded. There was a lot of Dodgers talk. And then maybe the Orioles are finally seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. The Cardinals are uh, maybe they're not as uh, uh, that NL Central crown is not ready for uh, for them to just take over. The Angels are still the Angels. They have some interesting pieces, but it's still the Angels. The A's are not as strong as everybody (laughs) thinks they are. The Astros. I thought Sean Astros when I was doing this uh, last night, I thought the Astros still have a better starting rotation, much better starting rotation than the Oakland Athletics. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, the AL West is not. It's not for them to just take over. And the Red Sox, uh, it's an interesting team, but their bullpen issues and their pitching issues are just too much to overcome. So interesting. Austin, thank you for showing up. Uh, in the, I don't know. You have any uh, projects you want to brag about while you still have here? You want to plug about here? Uh, well, I'll be on, I'll be on Dong City tomorrow. Uh, we'll be talking about, we'll be talking about the uh, best baseball movies of all time. Um, yeah. we're starting our bracket round of 32. We're going to break it down to uh, 16. So I'm part of a five person panel. Nice. So, uh, make sure to tune into, um, tune into Dong city. And we're going to talk about probably all of your guys' favorite, uh, baseball movies from the Sandlot trouble with the curve pride of the Yankees, 
uh, Moneyball. I've been watching all kinds of baseball movies out the wazoo. So it's got, I'm, uh, I'm in the baseball mood now. So nice. Uh, lightning round, Sean, let's play a little game here. Lightning round, best movie. And then I want a dark horse. So just don't give me a reason why. Just give me the movie. Awesome. Let's start with you since you're uh, fresh here. Best movie, baseball movie of all time in your book. Um, in my book, my favorite baseball movie is probably the Sandlot. Um, and, and your dark horse. That's just you, always been a favorite of mine. And give me a dark horse. A while you're dark at it. horse. A dark horse for this tournament will probably be a uh, major league two, maybe. Cause I know that's very popular amongst a lot of fans. Uh, it is, uh, I'm not necessarily a fan of major league two, but major league two is might might be a dark, dark horse. It's um, a sneaky pick. It's a sneakily decent, good movie. And Sean, give me uh, your uh, favorite and your dark horse. Uh, favorite is probably going to be Sandlot as well. Uh, dark horse. I, I can't quit Moneyball. I, it, it's mm. so it it varies in so many different ways from you know real life in the book, uh, but I thought the acting both Pitt and Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill, I loved in that movie. It was awesome. That's, that's a good um, one. But I could tell you guys are mid nineties babies because you guys keep picking the Sandlot. I'm picking a real movie. All right, <laughs> Major League. The original is raw, gritty, okay, as I, real as baseball is gonna get, and it makes the Cleveland uh, baseball team look like they could be something. And it was done before Jacobs Field was even uh, existed. Go ahead, Austin. You got something to say? So I do. I do have the bracket up at the moment. Uh, Sandlot. Um, no, no, see. no. I gotta. I gotta orient myself here. No, you know what, Austin? Major save that League. For, save that for tomorrow, because uh, I don't want to. I don't want to. We don't want to spoil it. Dong okay. City Cherry there, but I just want to. Well, I mean, I have the. I have the bracket up. Just who they're going against. I don't know who wins what. We have. <laughs> no, no. You guys have. Long. You guys have two hours to discuss that tomorrow. I just wanted a, a quick That's little a teaser true. here. But my dark horse, League of Their Own. Uh, if Major League doesn't win it, I would love to see a League of Their Own. I think it's a fantastic That's a great movie. movie. I love yeah. that movie. Love that movie, and I just watched yeah. it recently. It just gets better with age. So anyway, that's me. That's Austin from uh, California. Sean over there producing the show. Thank you so much for coming in and and uh, on the special time. And we will see you next week.